Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. The name of my sermon today, the title of it is, Where is God in this pain? Where is God in this pain? And uh, right now, this is the most celebrated week on the Christian calendar. Uh, it's called Holy Week. It's also called uh, Passion Week. That's what I like to call it. I, I've also found out it's called Greater Week. It's all called, also called Paschal Week. Ooh. They even named a high school after that in Fort Worth. So, yeah. But uh, this, is a, this is a wonderful week that, that I've celebrated all of my life. And, and in fact, I have a... Uh, a Bible plan, a Bible reading, just a, it's an easy Bible study plan, a Bible reading plan that I'm going to ask everyone to participate in. But if you'll download the YouVersion Bible app, and on there, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, there's a little, little YouVersion Bible app five-day plan called Why Easter, and it's by Nikki Gumbel. And if you need to know where that is, you can go to my personal Facebook uh, profile and you can find a, the picture of it there. But uh, it's called White Easter, and I would love for us all to all go through that uh, this week, preparing for Easter. I've been going through it for a couple days, and I love it. But uh, growing up, some of my favorite memories actually come from Passion Week. They, they, they really has all my life. Grow up in a home of a pastor, and so this was kind of like a highlight week for us. And this year, it's very, very different. But... but uh, I was thinking back on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is today. It's the first day of, of this, the day of the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and I remember, I had a memory of when, um, and mom and dad, I know you, you're probably watching online, but, but I have this memory of back when mom and dad, where, where we were pastoring in Marshall, Washington. And this would have been in the late 60s. My dad pastored a church called Marshall Community Church. And it's funny because as I was thinking about it, Alyssa's crazy memory came to my mind. But we we used to have this little song that was a little jingle we used to sing uh, with our with the children and the people at our church. We would do this during VBS. <laughs> okay, it was VBS. It, VBS Vacation Bible School. That's the thing that we did back then. And uh, and, and and the little th- it was it was kind of a little cheer. It wasn't necessarily a song, but but it was like. It was this. It was a Marshall Community Church. Ra ra shishka bob. Yay Jesus! And we would <laughs> ra ra shishka bob. I don't know, but it's funny how memories of a four-year-old kid, five-year-old kid, just comes back. But but that's it. But I remember, I remember Palm Sunday one time, and in that church, it was the tradition that everyone got these palm fronds. And we would get these little palm branches, you know, and it, that was up in north in Washington State. Nobody had seen a palm tree up there, but it was so cool. And then we would wave them during worship. Now, I know that sounds cheesy, but it was fun as a kid, all right? But I have these great, great memories of, uh, of that. And in fact, I, you know, other memories of, of times later on when, when the, we would actually do productions in church. And, and there were times like we would bring a donkey into church carrying a, like a, <laughs> someone playing like their Jesus. Like, yeah, this is so cool. But, but today, we're going to have a memory of this Palm Sunday like never before because we're doing this in a totally different way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just pray that it'll be meaningful and deeply meaningful to you. But, but uh, I'd like it if you would get your Bibles open to Psalm chapter number 22. Open your Bibles out because you're going to need to look at this in your Bible. Psalm 22, get it open to this because, because uh, this week that we're talking about right now is a roller coaster week. It started off... Uh, it's, it's really the, the most incredible uh, 
roller coaster week in the story of the gospel. It starts off wonderful, uh, but things didn't go as planned for the disciples of Jesus. And the disciples were probably feeling something like what we feel right now. You see, here's the deal. And you guys know this. I know you guys. <laughs> all of our plans, our strategies, uh, the timelines that we all had a month ago, they don't even matter at all. <laughs> In fact, yesterday I, I, I took a look at my goals for the year and I had all my goals set up like month by month and, and weekly goals. I was like, man, I haven't even looked at this in the last four weeks. I, I got to get back on onto this. Some of these don't even, I can't even accomplish them anymore for the year. But uh, at, at the same time, our daily rhythms have shifted. Uh, our habits have changed. Order has been disrupted. Our emotions, uh, our emotions are getting jerked around. I mean, I've had some high highs and some low lows. Yes. Uh, some yes. of you have friends, uh, family members, church family members, like like I have as well, that have contracted this COVID nineteen. Um, maybe maybe someone uh, online right now you're watching, you have it yourself, and and you know, and from what I've heard, it's not pretty. Uh, this is a time of pain. It's a time when people have lost their jobs right here in this room. Even others who have had pay cuts. Some of you are facing loneliness and there's this craving for human connection that's that's really intense uh, even just walking through the room here just seeing the faces of, of some people I haven't seen in in weeks it's just my heart just soars and I want to run over and hug every one of them but I know we're not supposed to right now but it's, it, it's a painful season uh, some people are facing some really intense conflict in their home and it's like nothing's going the way you had it planned and although the circumstances are different today than what they were uh, during the Passion Week in the Bible, I think we can learn a lot of things from it. Uh, see, the disciples thought things were going a certain way. On Palm Sunday, they were heading into Jerusalem. And see, the thing is, they actually just knew this was their moment. They were coming in to take the town over. That's really what they were believing. They were going to bring in the Messiah's kingdom and, and here he was, Jesus. He was on the scene and, then, and everything then spiraled out of control. Uh, five days after the triumphal entry of Jesus in Jerusalem, his hands and feet were literally being nailed into a Roman execu execution cross on what we call Good Friday of this week. Here's the deal. God's ways are not our ways. On that Palm Sunday, Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on the donkey. People came rushing out of their homes and their businesses. And, and, uh, and they spread their garments all over the, the, the road in front of him. And, and I researched that. Why did, why did they do that? Well, actually, they would do that to show submission to a king. So they were hailing him as the king already. And, uh, and then they also had the palm branches. Why the palm branches? Well, again, I discovered that it was a tradition of that time. Palm branches was a signification of the redemption of Zion. So they were waving these palm branches saying, Zion has been redeemed and the king has arrived. And so this was not just, they weren't just welcoming a nice little prophet, you see? A lot of people in that setting on that day believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And he was. Um... They had this firm belief that he was entering the holy city of Jerusalem, their city, and he was going to free them from Roman occupation, from uh, opposition, and from abuse, just like some of you things had, had, had this, these dreams and desires and things are going great this year, and like, oh, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute. 
You see, the disciples, they weren't even believing that they were going to go over to the temple because that's where Jesus went next. <laughs> they were going to go to the temple and Jesus was going to kind of clean everybody out. Actually, he kind of did that. <laughs> and that they were going to set themselves up in the Sanhedrin room and they were going to sit on their thrones and Jesus, Jesus was going to rule from the temple. He was going to establish his government of peace at that time. See, what they were doing is they were putting together prophecy scriptures. Yeah. And they were coming to a conclusion, just like a lot of times we'll put together prophecy scriptures and come to a conclusion. It's like, ah, so this is what's happening. But no, actually, they were two, <laughs> at least 2,000 years off. And, but that moment of the triumphal entry began the most intense six days in human history. Uh, from the parades and the joy and the celebrations, they moved to the Jesus' prophecies about the end time, to the... Last Supper, the betrayal of, uh, by Judas, the anguish-filled prayers of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, to his arrest, to Peter's denial that he even knew him, the 3 a.m. trial, the scourging, and then the execution by crucifixion. Okay, now, what was Jesus thinking? What was Jesus feeling at that moment? Was he all elated? Actually, no. You see, Jesus, although being God, he was also 100% human. And just like you and me, after this very intense time of prayer, he faced, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he faced something horrible. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 50, tells us that at that moment, everyone deserted him and they fled. And I want you to keep in mind, the people that fled were the people he had poured his life into for two years. They were the ones who had witnessed and participated in miracles. They had cast demons out themselves and healed the sick. And then they go and desert Jesus when the going got tough. I'll tell you this for sure. Jesus understands pain. He knows what you're feeling. He knows how people, he, he, he knows the feeling of what it feels like to have people that you love walk out on you at your lowest moment. In fact, some of you who are watching, you may have experienced that over these past few days. People just walked away from you at your lowest moment. Where's God in the middle of that pain? Well, the truth is, He's been there. And He knows that pain. You know, the, the, cross, the cross was a cruel way to die. In fact, one of the things that we do around our house, you guys know this, is we like to watch the Passion of the Christ each year around this time. And uh, it's an incredibly moving portrayal of the final hours of the life of Jesus Christ. And, and you know it's not a pretty movie by any means. Some people don't like to watch it because it's not pretty. But I think it's good for us to watch it because it helps us to see the reality of the low times. In fact, one of the things that's especially moving to me, and it's always been moving to me in this, in this uh, when I watched the movie, was when Jesus admits his own personal emotional pain in some of his last words on the cross, those feelings of isolation. Matthew 27, verses 25 and 26 say this. It says, From noon until about three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God! My God, why have you forsaken me? This is a cry of a man who's going through agony. 
He's not just faced the abandonment of his closest friends, but now he feels that God himself has withdrawn his presence from, from him. And I'll tell you this much, guys. There's one thing for certain. We serve a God who understands our pain. Jesus gets it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And here's the deal. God never promised us a pain-free existence. He did promise, though, that he'd walk with us through the pain. Now, that's actually where the Psalms come from. Um, I love the Psalms. Just, just a little bit about the Psalms. Uh, the Psalms, uh, that's right in the middle of your Bible. If you just take your Bible, open it up in the middle, there it is. But the Psalms are uh, 150 individual pieces of poetry, some longer than others. It's written in ancient Hebrew poetry, translated into our language today. These are, uh, they were once put to music. We don't have the tunes anymore, but we have the lyrics. Uh, but they're, they're also prayers. Uh, the, this is like the songbook of Israel. Um, right now in my own personal Bible reading, I'm going through the book of Psalms and I'm reading several Psalms a day, uh, anywhere from three to 10 Psalms a day. And I'm just telling you guys, it's deeply rewarding to me as I'm going through it. And so my heart has kind of been in the Psalms, uh, for the past, uh, I don't know, for these past couple of weeks, but you know, I have a question and I've always thought about this and I want to pose the question to you. Why are the Psalms, a, a lot of the Psalms, why are they so dark? I mean, because a lot of the Psalms actually reflect really negative thoughts and emotions. Okay, now, we have some worship artists right up here. <laughs> some of you guys write worship music. And, and, uh, and we fashion a lot of our worship songs after the Psalms, right? But on the other hand, we don't. I mean, uh, I, I, let me just read to you a portion of a Psalm, Okay. And let's maybe see if we can put this to music and sing it in church and see how we would feel about it, all right? Uh, I mean, I, I just can't see it happening uh, you know, with a cool praise band with lights and smokes and good smoke, not smokes, but smoke and guitar. <laughs> Don't do the smokes. <laughs> Guitars and, you know. Um, but, but listen to this. Here's, no, we don't need some background music. No, <laughs> because you guys will take this song and actually try to do it. All right. But, you know, just, just think of like this, this. So we're up here singing many bulls surround me. The strong bulls of Bashan, they encircle me. All those roaring lions tear their prey. They open their wide mouth at me, 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 me. <laughs> All right, now I'm, I'm serious. I know this sounds corny. Some of you who are watching us, he's lost his mind. Yes, I'm well, but no, I haven't. This is a praise song. I am poured out like water. Oh, my bones, they're all out of joint. My heart is turned to wax. It's melted within me, 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 me. My, <laughs> my mouth is dried up like a potsherd. I, yeah, I, I actually looked that up. That's a piece of potsherd. It's a broken piece of pottery that you find in the ground. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Wouldn't that sound great? <laughs> Singing that on a Sunday morning. He says, you lay me down, O God, in the dust of death. And dogs surround me and a pack of villain encircled me. And they pierce my hands and my feet and all my bones are on display and people stare and gloat over me. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, it's like, oh, praise God. Hey, hold on a second. That just sounds like a bunch of pain and agony, right? Okay, but I want you to catch something here. That's also a praise song. Here's the deal. We like to skip over that stuff because it doesn't fit our style. Yeah. Wow. Here's what I believe. 
I believe that culturally, because of the lack of pain in our own culture and the prosperity that we have in our own culture, it causes us to ignore passages of scriptures like that in the Psalms, in these praises, because we can't relate. They don't sound pretty, right? But I want you to think about this. These are the praise songs that Israel sang. And here, right here in the Word of God, we actually are able to tap into uh, the soul of the songwriter. The songwriter's emotion, their pain, their agony, their frustration, their anger. You even find in the Psalms even some unholy desires of revenge, singing about them in church. (laughs) I mean, really, if you really read through the Psalms, and I I challenge you to, you're going to find a lot of pain in there. In fact, what I just read to you was a passage from Psalm 22, which we're about ready to study this morning. And I want to give you some hope. Because Jesus has a message for you in Psalm 22. He does. Because Psalm 22 was quoted from the cross in Jesus' final words. As he was nailed to the cross. In fact... Psalm 22 expresses all of the emotion that Jesus was experiencing. And Jesus from the cross was beckoning us to look at Psalm 22, study it, and feel it with him. Now I want to show you why. See, back in those days, the Psalms weren't numbered like we have them today. The numbers were added later. So basically, the first line of a Psalm would be like the title. So... If I were to say the first line of a psalm to you, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, well, most of you would know that's Psalm 23. And and that's probably the best known psalm, one of the best known scriptures in the Bible. Uh, But if I were in the first century and I were to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I didn't say anything else, what I would have been doing is I was telling everyone my thoughts and my feelings and I was communicating a message to everyone else and just saying, Psalm 23 is, it contains everything that I'm feeling right now and everything I want to communicate with you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All right? Now, when Jesus was on the cross, just before he breathed his last breath, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that is the first line of Psalm 22. In that, he was saying, my thoughts, my feelings, my message to you right now from the cross is Psalm 22. Here's the, this gets more intense, guys. 1,000 years earlier, likely on that very location, and I, I believe it was from that very location where Jesus was being crucified, was what was called the Tabernacle of David. And it housed the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. That would have been possibly where David wrote and put to music Psalm 22. See, I believe that God had given David a prophetic vision of the cross. And so David then describes the feelings, the emotions. He verbalizes the pain and the faith of Jesus in first person. That's what Psalm 22 is. And then they would have sang that song right there at the very location where Jesus would be crucified a thousand years later. Okay, guys, Psalm 22 is an undiscovered gold mine when it comes to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And it speaks huge things to us right now. 
it's a cry of anguish. It's a message of hope. And it's, an, it, it, it's actually an unlocking of the mystery of the emotional pain of Jesus. Let's read it. Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2 it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, I find no rest. Now, I'm telling you guys, I believe this is what Jesus was saying when he declared those words from the cross. See, he felt that the Father had fled the scene. In fact, that's what that word forsaken means. It means to literally flee the scene, just like his friends had done some 12 hours earlier. I mean... Really, today, some of you feel the same way. You feel like God has fled the scene. And Jesus also understands your pain. Look at verse 3. He says, and I, I believe these would have been the words of Jesus. Again, he says, this psalm is, is everything that's in my heart. He says, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are one of uh, the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. So Jesus right now is like reminding God that, well, God, you've always come through in the past. Uh, you know God's reputation. He knows God's reputation. Here's his track record. Uh, I mean, he knows God's position, but hey, God, where are you now? And you might be feeling that even uh, even when you are hearing a, a sermon or, or reading the scriptures or you hear something encouraging, like, hey, okay, God did that then, but where are you now, God? God, isn't this your reputation? Show me where you are now. Come on, God, come through for me. Because that's what Jesus was saying. He goes on, Psalm 22, verse 6, he says, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by people. So right here, he, he's going deeper. And as I've studied this, it's, these are really emotions of all, almost like self-loathing. Like nobody even cares about me. No, nobody, nobody even loves me right now. Like, why do I exist? I, I'm not, I don't even feel human. Did you know Jesus felt like that? And you think your feelings like that are somehow wrong? The Son of God felt that way. Many of you felt that way. If you've ever doubted it before, I'm telling you guys, definitely right now you can look at this and say that Jesus understands your pain. Look at verse 7. He said, all who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver them since he delights in him, making fun of him. You ever feel like that? That is, that is the big question. Where is God in the middle of this pain? Where is God in the middle of this pandemic? Where is God in the middle of this worldwide crisis? And the mockers, some of them are saying it out loud right now. Just a few minutes before I went, I, I got here on the platform, I was reading uh, a, a tweet that was put out by the president, and it was a scripture the president put out of how God, God is the one we're running to right now. He's the one who will heal us. And but then immediately afterwards, where mockers were saying, oh, God, your God is nothing, nothing. And we just continued to be mocking. I thought, wow, that's actually what I'm preaching about today. That was like in real time. Um, mockers say it out loud, but you might even be saying it to yourself. God, why can't you come deliver me? I've delighted in you. I've served you. Where are you now? 
Well, that's what Jesus felt. Jesus understands your pain. He felt that. Look at verse 9. He says, yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even in my mother's breast, from birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Like God, it's like, God, you brought me into this world and no one is here to help me now. Why'd you do this to me? Jesus gets where you are, guys. But next, as we move on, we're going to see a powerful image that I kind of had a little bit of fun with a few minutes ago of what was actually happening around the cross as Jesus was hanging there surrounded by executioners and torturers and mockers. There he was in physical anguish. I mean, he was naked and dehydrated. And from his perspective on the cross, here's what was happening. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey. They open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. It's even believed, of course, you'll see that if you watch The Passion of the Christ, how bones are even pulled out of their socket for him to... That would have been normal for someone being crucified. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. My, roof, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. That's extreme dehydration. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. And all of my bones are on display. In other words, he's there naked in front of everyone. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. I'm glad this is in the Bible. I'm glad this is here for us to see. That's how Jesus felt. He understands your pain. He understands your abandonment. He gets it that you are being unfairly treated. He understands that you've been targeted and that it's not right. He knows how you feel. Even you may even feel that God doesn't care. Yeah, this is a psalm of praise. I'm just saying, guys, it is okay to tell God how you feel. Your God doesn't want you to be fake and phony. If you're hurting, don't hold on to it. Pour it out to him. Express your pain and anguish. I mean, Jesus did. You ask God, God, why did you abandon me? Understanding that's actually a form of praise. But here's where the the story shifts. Because at the lowest point, it it moves from self-loathing and pain and anguish to this uh, request for God's intervention. Look at verse 19, and he says, but you. (laughs) I like that. There's the transition word. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength, even though he doesn't feel it. See that? Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of these lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Yeah, and I'm saying in the middle of our COVID-19 crisis, your personal COVID-19 crisis, which I don't even know what your crisis is, but whatever it is, cry out for deliverance and don't you dare give up on God. Even though it looks hopeless, even though it seems there's no way way out, uh, even though your pain is unbearable, imagine what Jesus was facing And so it's okay to say, God, come deliver me. Come quickly. Help me. Rescue me. Save me. Cry out to God in the middle of it. Then when we look at our crisis, it's nothing like what Jesus was facing. And that actually gives us hope. 
<laughs> this uh, this uh, last week, uh, this the CARES Act was packed, passed in in the United States. So I was. We're all excited about that, and, and everybody should be getting a, a check in the mail soon or in your bank account, most likely, and, and that's great. And, and I'm very happy about that, but uh, part of it is this, this SBA loan, which you don't really don't have to pay back unless you don't spend it on the right things. And so it's, it's basically to help out uh, small businesses, churches, uh, other nonprofits, and things like that. And so uh, I was excited about that. I went through several training webinars and seminars and, and I filled out all my paperwork and was ready to go. And they said, go talk to your banker. And so I went over to my bank. Uh, I'm not going to name my bank, but it's, you know, it's a bank that's here downtown. It's, it's, a, it's, a bank. it's, it's, it's an America bank. Uh, the, the bank is, the, the actual, no, really, the bank is actually of America, our, our church bank. Uh, but, well, I did my paperwork. I, I, I collected all my documents and then I visited the bank. I didn't have to stand in line. I had to do hand cleanser to walk in, so walk right into the banker. And, and the banker says, well, here's what you have to do. You need to, if you want to get in line to get this loan, be first in line. The way to do it is you actually have to get up at 1 a.m. on Friday morning. That's where the line begins. Be the first people to apply. So I well, we're going to be first in line. So that's no, not a big deal. I, I know how to set an alarm. So, so I, I got up and, and I get in there and get into the, uh, the, the, the website for the bank. This, I mean, this bank is literally of America. And I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm on there and it's all red, white, and blue. I was like, I want to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And, then, and, and, I, and I'm looking here at, at, the, at the website trying to go through the steps. And, and then it says, this is only available to people who have taken out loans, not, not people, but to small businesses and churches and nonprofits who have taken out loans from us under your account. I'm like, well, wait, we've been, we've been with this bank for 10 years. What, what? We actually try to do this thing around here called fiscal responsibility, so we're not always taking out loans from the bank. Actually, we never have taken out a loan from the bank. And I was so upset. I'm like, all this work, all this work for nothing. I was so frustrated. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to have to go find myself a new bank. We're going to have to change bank accounts. That's going to take like weeks of work. And, and oh, I was just not happy. And, and uh, so I just, you know, that was, that was Friday. So I, I just went to that 40-story 40 40 um, bank tower. And, and it's really of America, that bank is. And, and I, I marched around it. I didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance. I saw lots of red, white, and blue. And, and really, I'm just telling you guys, I just prayed this. I was not weird or anything. I didn't have trumpets. I didn't, I didn't sing. But I prayed. And I just, it's like, God, I, really, I, this, this, God released to us, released to us this that's, that's actually eligible to be given to us for God's work. Because I was going around that bank like this bank has made money off the interest of the people of our church and God's money for years. And this, that, that loan belongs to us. So, and the building didn't fall and I just walked away. And just one person kind of looked at me a little strange, but just, I just ignored him. So Saturday morning, I'm working in my office and a member of our financial team from the church here sends me a text message say, hey, did you get that, the PPP loan in for the paycheck protection thing? And, and I was like, no, and I explained it all. And they said, well, you need to go back and check. Check again, because Bank of America changed the rules overnight. <laughs> and so sure enough, I went online, sought, accessed it, and in 10 minutes, because I had all the paperwork there, I was able to complete our loan application. Wow. Now, wow. 
I, did, did, did me walking around the building make that happen? I don't know, but here's one thing I do know. Here's one thing I do know. Faith was applied and a yes. breakthrough came. Yes, yes, right. come on. And at the same time, when I was praying and I was walking, I was there, I, I was, I'll just tell you guys, I was angry. I was in pain. I felt abandoned by the bank that's still holding our money. And I prayed and, and I was actually quite upset. That's still how it works though. I want you to, we're going to read on, continue in Psalm 22, because now I want you to look at what happens after you get the frustration and the pain out on the table before God, and you beg God to intervene. Your emotions and your attitude can begin to shift, and maybe your circumstances haven't changed, but, but here it is. While Jesus was still on the cross, the shift came, and, and the, again, this is his declaration. He says, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All the descendants of Jacob, praise him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. I mean, keep this in mind during the, Jesus is declaring this during the pain and anguish of the cross. And in your pain, don't you dare give up up, up on God. Continue to proclaim the goodness of God in the middle of your tragedy. And even if it gets worse, even if the pain gets greater, God has not hidden his face from you. God's listening to your cry from help. And, 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 and you, you got to think about this. As I was reading that about God listening to your cry for help, I thought, what happens when a person is listening to someone else? They don't talk, do they? They just sit there. Could it be that's what God is doing right now? He's listening to you to see where you're going with your prayers. And it gets better. Verse 25, as we wrap this up, it says, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Again, these are words from the cross. Get this. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and they will proclaim the righteousness declaring to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And I'm saying, guys, when the dust finally finally settles on this COVID-19 thing, you're going to have a testimony and you're going to have stories to tell people who have not yet been born. And God will be victorious in this storm. I want to be on the winning side. I, 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 I'm not going to give up. And I know the pain is great and it may get more painful, but I know this much is for me. God is with me in my pain. And so I'm challenging you. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus in this crisis. It's not time to abandon your faith. It's not time to give up on God. Instead, it's time to accelerate. Today's truth really is this, is that the crucifixion tells us how to get through our season of pain. You can and you will make it through this. You'll not only survive, but you'll thrive. And Jesus said, when Jesus said the first word of that psalm, he was letting us know that all of Psalm 22 were his sentiments exactly during his low point. 
And like we were singing earlier, the best really is yet to come. I want to pray right now, God, that you'll just give us the tenacity and the boldness to pray to you and to just speak our heart, to unload our hearts on you the way it's reflected in Psalm 22. God, I pray that you will become more real to us during this time than ever before, that you will undergird us and strengthen us so that we will have a testimony when we come out on the other side of what the Lord has done. While we're praying, I want to speak to you who are watching. If you're, um, if you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to make the choice to do so today. I do. I want you to choose just to do it today. I want you to pray a prayer with me and ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. Ask Jesus to wash your sin away, to cleanse you. Because God is preparing a place for you. Jesus is in heaven right now. He wants to spend eternity with you because he loves you. You tune into this today, not by accident. And if you're feeling your heart beating right now, you're feeling that pressure, that's not me. That's not your emotions. That's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit draws you to repentance. That means you're feeling God right now. You're feeling God right now. And your best really is yet to come. Will you pray this prayer with me? Just repeat these words right after me, out loud or in your heart or whisper them silently. Just pray, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood that was shed on the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Today I choose to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen real quick, jot this down real quick here. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text me, okay? There's a text number that I want to give to you and write this down. This is the number. It's 817-203-4565. Again, it's 817-203-4565. And just say, I prayed that prayer with the pastor. One more time, it's 817-203-4565. I want you to let me know that you prayed that prayer. Right now, though, I'd like for us to go into a time of communion. If you have communion elements at your home, anything, just take anything. I want you to get these communion elements out because I want us to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross. Now, as we do this communion elements today, it actually means something a little more because you're seeing that um, what Jesus did was not just died for our sins, but Jesus did something absolutely amazing absolutely amazing on the cross because he laid out a path for us so that we could not only understand what he went through but we will have a way to process our own pain in Jesus name we right now go ahead and take the elements take the the bread and the cup and I want you to take this bread and I want you to pray a prayer blessing over it Jesus thank you so much for your body that was nailed to the cross for my sin. Pray that you will send your healing to me, your strength to me. And today, as I take this element of the bread, I do this in remembrance of you. Thank you for going through the cross for me. Thank you for paving the way. Thank you for giving me the hope of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take the body of Christ.
second, I'd like for you to take the element of the blood of Jesus. You may not have the juice or the wine or whatever it is that you would want, but just get something. Just say this represents the blood of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed for me. That blood that washes my sin away, that gives me relationship with you. Today, as I take this on the beginning of this holy week, this passion week, I remember the blood you shed for me and I'm grateful because in this, I have life and life to the full. This blood means that the best really is yet to come regardless of what's happening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Take the cup at this time. This week, I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus. I want you to go back through Psalm 22. I want you to pick up the Bible and even go through Maybe if you want to go through the book of John, that'd be fantastic. Most of the book of John is about the final week. It's about that week, Passion Week. Let God speak to you. See Jesus in a new light. And know God's going to carry us through. God's going to carry you through. You are very, very much loved. I want, to keep your, I want you to keep your prayers coming in as well. Family, friends here with me. We're going to keep pressing into Jesus in the middle of this. And I know some of your pain. I know some of the stuff that you guys are going through. Praying for God to continue to wrap his arms around you because you're not alone in this battle. You're not alone. Amen? If you were watching, I want to thank you so much because I really believe God has a miracle in store for you today. Well, Preston, why don't you come join me and let's let's take a look at some some stuff, right. uh, some some maybe some prayer requests that have come in, Excellent. some things I'm like that. Scoot right in here next to you. Wonderful word today. Thank you for for sharing that. You seem a little taller than me, so well, I can do that. I can just like, oh hey, make you. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it is. It's a good thing we're just here with family, then, huh? Right. Nobody else saw. (laughs) I'm really having a hard time with this. Okay, so I'm going to share in a moment something very special that um, City Life is um, jumping into starting this week. And here in a few moments, we're going to do a QA and a and and talk a little bit more about your message. So uh, for those of you who are up on the Facebook. Go ahead and send any messages in. Now will be the time, and we're going to answer those here in just a minute. Just a minute. So there's some praise praise, praise reports. Good. Praise and raise. Good. It's going to be awesome. Good. And so I know that you've heard, and many of you have seen already, uh, we started something brand new called the E-Community. Yes. It's how we can meet you right where you are. And that's on and Facebook, it's, right? it's on Facebook primarily, yeah. Uh, it's City Life's extended community um, or internet community. So um, that's for you. Many of you have already found the group. And so I'm, ex- I'm so excited to, to share that the e-community has reached 
nearly, I think we're at 93, 94 members already in just a couple weeks. And we're almost at 100. So I want to encourage you to jump straight in there and keep the interaction and the connection alive um, through church life. And this isn't just for uh, City Life partners, but it's for anyone who is a part of our extended congregation. So that's happened. And also, I'm super thrilled and I love it. And I can't wait to see it because I haven't yet. Episode three of The Greatest adventure yes is out on the city kids channel yeah. on the city life app and uh we watched we watched episode two together in our home your, your home last week yeah which was so much fun obedience and That's episode three is obedience so parents if you you're here today and your child struggles with disobedience well the solution is here for you so check it out it's going to be a great time and uh finally um I did want to share that there actually have been people in the last few weeks since we've been doing this who have given their life to Jesus yeah. during our online experience, completed a, a next card. And so thank you for your giving and everything that you're doing to keep this ministry alive because people are still seeing Jesus. Yeah. It's amazing. And so finally, people have been asking all over, how can we help? And uh, I'm very, very excited to announce that I've been working with some volunteers uh, right here within our church, Dom and Aquila, and and brought you guys the plan. Finally, tied it up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Is we finally are partnering with an organization right here in Fort Worth. We've been looking for an organization that has the most need um, to be able to help the best we can and be the church. Mm-hmm. And that need, that organization is Beautiful Feet. Yes. And we're able to serve the homeless community right here in our neighborhood. Yeah. Like we don't have to go all the way to another country, another state to serve people in or need. Or even Dallas. No, especially, <laughs> just kidding. Stay out of there. So, You can serve right where you are, and I want to share with you how we can do it because there is a big need for the homeless right in our community right here. Supplies are low, and uh, and that's what's needed primarily. And so if you have your City Life app, you can open it up and go into the section that says Interact, click Take Action, and you'll see right there, Take action, COVID-19 relief drive. You can do that right now. Everyone in here is doing it right now. You can do it right now. Show your phone in the air like you just do care. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right, go ahead and jump into the COVID-19 relief drive, and you can help out and really help feed the hungry. And we want to feed as many mouths as possible and help the people who are hurting probably the most during this time. Um, People that are in social isolation. And we get to do that as a church. And so please, if you would, complete that form. Let us know what you're going to bring. And you can drop off the supplies um, right here at the City Life building on Saturday, this Saturday, between 9 and noon. And, uh, And so, again, church, thank you so much for what you're doing to uh, continue to make Jesus known. Your giving and your your uh, servanthood is making a difference. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into some questions. Do you have anything else on that? No, but that, but I, I'm very excited about that because what not only do we uh, practice this philosophy of the homeless who attend our church, who are part of our church, yeah. we uh, we say we do for one what we wish we could do for all. So we go way out of our way to mm. to make sure they're well taken care of. But we also want to do this, and this is a great way just to reach out to so many more in our community. Right. Those who are hurting the most. Certainly, certainly. And I'm going to take a few questions here before we close. And 
Josue, hello Josue, Josue asked, Mr. Married Man asked, thank you for creating those creative solutions and what are things that we can do to help the church? What are things they can do to yes. help the church? Well, congregants, okay, partners. Yeah, I tell you, it may sound oversimplified, but one of the best things to do is to pray. Mm. Is just to constantly be praying. Pray for me. Pray for pray for the team. Pray for one another. Uh, if you if you're a part of the church, you know, go to our City Life Partners Group or the, yeah. or the E Community and just go through names and start praying through those names. That is huge. Right. It is actually huge right now. Uh, and, and another thing is is to participate, you know, to participate in this uh, uh, in this outreach to the community mm. that, that you just mentioned, and mm. and to continue your giving, right? Because your giving goes to to help all of this. We've inc- 